0: Uh, Hello everyone and welcome to the Rodeo Kids podcast. I'm your host Camarie Rorda and today we have quite the guest. Um, It's going to be a very informative day on equine nutrition and health, which is something that we can all learn a little bit about. But before we get started, of course, I want to share what we've got going on with Rodeo Kids right now. It is the beginning of a new year. Therefore, we have the new Rodeo Kids Ambassador Team. We did start in February this year. We are going to leave the um, process to apply open through the month of February. We're going to cut it off on February 26th. But as of right now, guys, we have got a group of kids that are on fire for rodeo for the Lord for growing and getting better and you know they say that you are who you surround yourself with and this team is the kind they're the kind of people you want to surround yourself with kids from all across the country who want to strive to get better both inside and outside of the arena because that's what it takes for this life to be enjoyable is to be surrounded by people who can support you and cheer you on and provide you with insight and perspective that will just help you to have that better mindset and to understand things and to grow and to pray with you. Like it is just so amazing, the power of prayer in a group. And that's what these kids are doing. Uh, So if you are interested, there's still time to sign up in February. It's going to be an awesome year. We have the whole year planned out already. Uh, with a retreat in September. That's a spoiler alert to those of you who um, have already signed up and don't know about it yet. But we will have our first team meeting on February 19th if you're not signed up by then. Not a huge deal. Uh, we can catch you up later. It is primarily an online format. Um, we have a text group. We have monthly challenges that are spelled out uh, on the website so that you can finish those. We have Zoom meetings scheduled with different professionals throughout the year. You'll get to be uh, on a Rodeo Kids podcast and just all kinds of cool things that um I don't know of any other program that you can experience this kind of stuff to prepare you outside of the arena so that you can perform better in the arena and in life. So head on over to rodeokids.com backslash leadership team if you're interested in learning more. If you already know about it and you just needed that extra little nudge from, from the good learn saying, hey, I heard this today and I've known about it and I've been thinking about it or I've been thinking about it for my kids, it's time to go sign up. Because you won't regret it. And like it is a membership-based fee. So you can do $1499 a month or $149.99 for the year. And guys, it'll be worth it. Think of how much you spend in entry fees that you don't spend in even preparing your brain or your body or anything. Like it's literally one, two, three entry fees um, to help you all year in this program. So definitely worth it. Parents, if you guys are looking for that extra support, like in rodeo, we know that so many of the parents, you're out there, you're being the coaches, you're the bus driver, you're the cook, you're the banker, you're everything for these kids. And you need a little support too. And that's where we can come in to provide a little outside support Um, Just give a little direction, some perspective, and just help you guys out so that you're not out there just doing it all by yourselves either. So if you are ready to make the jump, just go to rodeokids.com backslash join now and get signed up today. Today's podcast, we have Rodeo Kids Ambassador Isaiah Ellis from J, Florida, speaking with Dr. Harry Anderson from Total Feeds. Like I said before, this podcast is packed with all kinds of cool information and insight. If you are interested at all in equine nutrition, which if you have horses, I hope you're interested in it because... That's a huge part of keeping them performing and feeling well and lasting a long time. And when we feed them right and when we know how to take care of their nutrition and then throw in a good exercise program and diet and nutrition, um, that's what makes these horses last a long time. And it can be a total game changer if you have the right knowledge to put it all together the pieces of the puzzle. So you're going to want to take a listen to this. Dr. Harry Anderson is so kind and so willing to share his information and Isaiah has a bunch of awesome questions. Enough of me talking. Let's get started with Isaiah Ellis interviewing Dr. Harry Anderson from Total Feeds. World
1: Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast, where we empower youth to be their best selves through the values and traditions of the rodeo and Western lifestyle.
2: Well, hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited you can join. My name is Isaiah. And
3: first, could you start off by telling us a little bit about you and what you do? Oh, my name is Harry Anderson. I, uh, I'm a PhD nutritionist, equine nutritionist, and for all species, but uh, currently focusing on uh, uh, equine nutrition. I do um, my, uh, I have a company called Total Feeds Incorporated, and uh, which has been in business for about uh, 11 years now. And actually, I've been in the feed thing for for 54 years. I've been, uh, 54 years ago, I got, I graduated from college and I've been out here doing this kind of stuff ever since. So uh, right. a lot of water has crossed under the bridge in that length of time. But uh, I do, uh, my wife and I own a feed this feed company. Uh, my two sons work for us. And my daughter, one of my, one of my daughter-in-laws works for us. And that is the entire company. We're a very small, uh, streamlined, uh, easy-managed feed company. Mm-hmm. We sell feed nationwide. But just a quick background on where I've been. Uh, when I got out of school, I worked for the University of Wyoming for three years as an extension person and enjoyed it a lot. Then I I went to work for Purina. Uh, it was Ralston Purina back then. Uh, and spent 15 years with them in the wow. uh, late seven or early 70s to the late 80s. Um and uh, was a feedlot consultant. I worked with large feed yards, did rations for all those fattening cattle, and yeah. didn't do any much with horses at all um and uh, but in in late eighties uh, we parted a company and I became a private consultant and I still worked with feed yards for many years but then uh one year uh one day in, in the year two thousand i veterinarian came to me and said can you make a an equine formula that will feed every equine in the world young old Mm -hmm. in between whatever and I golly I had to think just a little bit but I said you know I think I can so uh I I I went against the uh I was swimming upstream (laughs) yeah no, nobody was nobody was doing that no feed company was trying to do that so i did i wrote a formula on a piece of paper in the year 2000 and i guess i lucked out because it's exactly the same formula today i haven't changed it and we are feeding yeah. every horse in the world and and it doesn't matter what the horse is doing or how big or small wow <laughs> so wow we've and I'm sure simplified with- the equine nutrition world i think
2: Right. And I'm sure with it, y'all having it inside the family, it's a lot easier to manage, you know, is, have you found that easier to manage with just you and your family running that?
3: Oh, absolutely, Isaiah. Um, I, I'm not good at managing lots of people. So I, mm-hmm. I don't dare get very many employees because I'm a disaster at that. But I'm I can right. kind of I can kind of work with, with my family because we've worked together for all these years. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. And going back to the Purina thing, would you say that per, working for Purina has helped you, um, with the Total Feeds,
3: helping you grow your Total Feeds brand? Well, uh, working for, uh, Purina, and I don't know about the other major companies, but Purina, um, uh, they, they give you a lot of, uh, uh, selling techniques. I went to a lot mm. of sales schools and, and I have to give them credit for, for many of my um, selling ideas and so on. But uh, they uh, they're different than we are because mm-hmm. as, uh, large companies are a little cumbersome in, mm-hmm. in making decisions and, and putting things out there. Right. We have been, we have been very light-footed and, and flexible to be able to change directions in a heartbeat, if we feel feel we need to, and that kind of what what we're doing today, we're making some major directional changes in our marketing.
2: Right, and with the uh, when we're talking about when you first were growing up, was was horses? Were you growing up with horses? Is that why did you want to first start going into college for feed? Were you growing up around horses, or is this something you've kind of developed later on? Tell me a little bit about that.
3: Well, I've always loved horses, even when I was a little tight. But I grew up on actually a grain farm in North Dakota. And but back that was in the the, during World War II when I was born. And so at that time. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Let's see. If I told you I was born in 1943, you might be able to figure my age. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My wife and I are 80 years old. Yeah. And uh, we just, we just turned eighty and uh uh but we both grew grew up on neighboring farms in mm-hmm. the, in world war II. and at that time there was a big transition taking place
4: mm-hmm. uh,
3: horses were starting were basically going out of the farming business tractors were coming in so really uh we had we had a, a couple of saddle horses, but we had uh uh Big horses we yeah. had a team of percherons, right. and so my my really my first experience with handling horses was actually driving this, um, a team of percherons uh, while my dad would would load a hay rack with hay, and I was yeah. only about five years old when I could actually actually drive that team of percherons you know the gentle giants they're so kind and easy to work with, and so. That was, uh, that was my first experience, but we had beef cow, dairy cows, chickens, turkeys, pigs, we had it all. And nice. so it was very, very diversified, but that was, that was good because mm-hmm. I learned to really appreciate and have experience with so many different kinds of animals and birds, which uh, I, I still think about today. Uh, some of the experiences I had way back then that have, that helped me understand their, their mentality and, and their psychology, you know, they right. all they all have their own way of thinking. Right.
2: <laughs> right. It sounds like you were doing a lot more at five than what you see most five-year-olds doing nowadays. Um, yes. You can, you can tell we the difference expected
3: how to do work.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what, what, what made you want to go to college for
3: what you did? Uh well, I wasn't even sure when I, uh, Um, when I was in school, high school, especially, I I shouldn't admit this, but I was a really terrible student. And uh, all I could think about was not being in school (laughs) because, because I had work to do on the farm, you know, so I didn't want to be in school. So um, I, when I graduated from high school, I literally was in the bottom third of my class in a class of 14. So that, it's not a real high expectation from someone like that. But I had a, a sister a year older. She was already in college uh, one year. And, and so I decided, well, I better go to college where she did. So I went to the University of North Dakota, which was uh, kind of the um, medical school and that kind of liberal arts school and law school. And uh, I had no idea what I wanted to be. I was going to be an engineer. I thought that would be cool. Well, that wasn't my thing. <laughs> I was a disaster the first semester. <laughs> and after the the first year, they kind of, uh, they suggested that I might want to go do something else rather than go to school. <clears throat> and, but, but I decided that that's when I got kind of bullheaded. And I said, you know, I got to make this work. So I convinced them to let me stay a second year, got my grades up high enough. And I thought, you know, This this isn't for me. So I looked at uh, North Dakota State University, which is the land-grant college and the ag school. And I thought, well, I like animals. Why don't I just go there and try it? So I did. And uh, from then on, I started to enjoy school for the first time in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. At 20 years old, I started to enjoy school. So I spent uh, uh, three years there. Got married while I was there, and had one son. <laughs> and uh, then I didn't. Again, when I graduated, I had a degree in animal science, a general degree mm-hmm. in animals. Right. Worked my way through school, working in the pig barn. Yeah, cleaning pig pens and stuff. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. that was I. High, I high, high res- highly respect respected work. <laughs> right. But when I got out of school, <clears throat> I couldn't really find anything that I liked as far as a job at, with a bachelor. So and one day, a graduate student uh, showed me on the, on the bulletin board by the office, the animal science. They said, uh, have you looked at that fellowship at South Dakota State? I said, wow, what's a fellowship? <laughs> and, <laughs> and they said, well, they'll pay you some money to go to school. So right. so I grabbed that off the wall. And, and by that time, I'd gotten my grades up quite quite well. And so I sent a letter to South Dakota state uh, to see if they were interested. They sent a letter right back and said, you can come this fall. Oh, wow. Okay. Now I didn't know what I was doing, but I went and, and I really enjoyed graduate school because it got into the, the courses that really meant something to me from where I started out as a youngster. I guess I'm trying to tie all that together. Uh, and uh so then i uh i i got uh, that that together and i got a degree in swine nutrition actually um and the university of wyoming hired me and said do you want to be a specialist and i said sure i'll come out and try it well lo and behold wyoming has a very small staff and so mm-hmm. i was working the whole state of wyoming every county with county agents and um we didn't have very many specialists. so I ended up working with swine and dairy and and horses and, and that everything. Here again, it was like old McDonald's farm where I started. So oh, yeah. I have a, a, a broad spectrum of experiences. Mm-hmm. And and then and then um, along came uh, after I was only there three years and I did I was having a really great success. And Pirina came along and said, "Would you like to be a feedlot consultant?" Uh, what's a feedlot? So, <laughs> yeah, it but seemed like thought, you
2: were very. Seemed like you were very good with the flow with everything that you did, kind of going through school and everything. You're like, sure, why not? What's a fellowship? You know, and that seems so. Let's go to the time where, um, you said that a veterinarian asked you to make the feed. Was that while you were with Rena, or where was that? When was that? And how long did it take you to finally come out with that thing you wrote? Okay.
3: Oh, uh, that's a good question. Because um, I was long gone from Purina when that happened. I w- okay. I'd been a private consultant for eleven years, uh, uh, working uh, privately with feedlots and other and ranch ranch operations on uh, doing consult uh, nutrition work and so on. And uh, so, in the year two thousand, when when I I made up my mind because uh, my ego said that I could I could make that happen, even though no one had ever done that. Uh, a singular formula for the whole whole sector. And so, so I sat down one day and, uh, believe it or not, but I took my piece of paper and I wrote out a formula that with all the experiences and, you know, education and all that, all that was kind of coming to a head. And uh, so I wrote that down on a piece of paper and that hasn't changed in 23 years just from that one thirty minute session.
2: Wow. <laughs> Sometimes so it was like one of the questions I was gonna ask is was like when making the total feed brand, was it like making a light bulb like it was like a thousand different tries and finally they got the end result, but it seemed like it was pretty easy for you with the experience that you had. Is that about right? Yes.
3: Well, it was the experience that allowed that to happen. I'd already been on the firing line for about uh 50 years, Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, 30 years, I'm sorry. I've been under the gun for 30 years working with all these species. So I had, I kind of knew what some of the things that work and some that didn't. And then I took that and and went through what, here's here's how I actually did it, Isaiah. I sat down and I said, what nutrients will make a cell replicate? Isn't that what we're all about? If we're going to grow, we have to have these cells that replicate.
4: Uh And
3: so I said, oh my, well, here's a list of nutrients that that cell requires. Now, Mm -hmm. this would work for a cell in my body. It would work for a bacteria in the rumen of a cow. It would work for a bacteria in the soil or a lagoon. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. A single cell needs that same stuff. So that's where it all started. And when I wrote that down, then... I said, okay, how do I get this to the cells? Then I right. said, so that's when I, I had this. See, I have a premix that makes up 2.5% of my formula. And that's right. what makes it work. The rest of it, I can change various ways if I wanted to. And it would still work. I'm, okay. I'm keying in on that one small portion. So I said, okay, this is going to work for every species. And so what I've ended up with is one product for every species.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: One dog product, one cow product, so, one goat product.
2: <laughs> with so there was no way to make it like a like a all purpose kind of feed. Why my next question was you have you have uh total bull, you have total equine, um a few different totals. So can you tell us a little about the total brain? I know like why was it not an all purpose? Why could you not make it an all purpose and all the brands you have and why you made them.
3: Okay, well, that well, is a really good question, and I wish I had a great answer for it. But yeah. when my, I guess my, uh, I felt fell prey to the thought process that every species is different. So uh, when I, when I, the total bowl was the second product I made, and uh, I was, was totally
2: fine. The first one.
3: Yes, Total Equine was the first, and it's still a flagship product that uh, is 90% of all my sales. And do you have two Total Equine, two different Total Equine? I was kind of forced to do that for the metabolic horses.
4: You know, the regular
3: product has some grain in it, and when people call and say, oh, I've got an insulin-resistant horse or a metabolic problem horse, they can't have they can't have all that starch and sugar. Uh, so I said, okay, I'll make one for you. Now we do sell some of that, but not, it's not a major product. Um, it's just lower. It's no grain in it. it and that was your second. That, that, that was actually no. that was, I. that came later. The actual, the total bull started first. Okay. But, and
2: so after you came out with total feeds, Was it like people asking for total bull product, or was it kind of they came out at the same time, or how did that how did that come about?
3: Again, by accident, I I got a call one day from a a bull producer, a bucking bull producer, that said, "You know, you've helped these horses so much. Why can't you help the uh, my bulls?" I said, Mm -hmm. "Oh, sure I can." So I (laughs) took the same the same basic stuff. And made it into a little different total ration, you know, with a little more grain and stuff for a bull. And I took it to him and I said, uh, "Okay, here, here's uh, the the bull product." Because my, well, first of all, my horse product is a fairly low feeding rate, and I'm I'm proud mm-hmm. of that because it works that way. I took it to oh, him yeah. and I said, "I said, okay, now you feed five pounds of this to your bulls." What they said, "You're crazy." I said, "Why am I crazy?" They said, because we're feeding fifteen to eighteen pounds of grain to these big bulls. I said we don't need to. We just feed them yeah. hay and this. And so they started feeding it within about two to three weeks. I had calls and they said, What's going on with this? My bulls almost quit eating hay. I said, What do you mean? They said, Well, they've cut back thirty percent or forty percent or whatever it is. And we were we changed the uh digestibility of hay. We increased the fiber digestibility that they were getting so much more nutrition out of less feed that they didn't want anymore. Wow. And, and it's the same thing with the horses. We increase the fiber, and we've got data on this. We actually had some research done uh, that where we uh, showed that in horses, if you feed four pounds of total equine, the hay intake drops by 11% wow that's a big deal right and did that shock you when you when you heard that was
2: that something that shocked you or was that something you kind of expected when making the formula
3: no i didn't you didn't (laughs) there were several things i did i did not predict or expect isaiah wow (laughs) that's the fun part of this is i had no idea what was coming to me yeah uh, that i was going to see like uh That's one of the things that we can document. And that's one thing people were telling me for years before we did the research. The other thing is the hoof growth. People started showing me how their horses were getting a new set of hooves in less than five months. And the first time somebody told me that, I I said, Oh, it can't be true. You're, you're, you know, I don't think I'm going to buy it. Well, they proved it to me. And so a lot of people have proved to me since then, that a horse on total equine will grow a new hoof, complete new hoof, in about half the time in nature. Right. And so that was quite an interesting deal. And then the other thing is, um, you know, one of the things you as horse people worry about is colic, right?
4: Yes, for in sure. In back
3: of your mind? <laughs> yes, all the time. Well, I, I um, discovered almost by accident well i guess i have to say it is by accident that uh you cannot cause a gas colic in a horse with total equine wow no it i mean can they can they, they can call it while they're on total equine but it's not going to be because of that it's going to be because of lack of water intake or something okay. like that or overheating or whatever but uh you just won't colic one because you fed it some total equine, and that's been a big safety factor for a lot of people, especially people that travel. And yeah. but I've had people call me and, and tell me their horse got in the feed room, you know, last night, and and they ate half a bag or some claim a whole bag, which I doubt. Mm-hmm. But they and they said, "What should I do?" And I said, "Nothing." Yeah. Well, what do you mean? I said, "Well, just wait. Don't don't call the vet. Just wait. And when they exactly." Get her, in. I've never had anybody call back and said they had a problem.
4: <laughs> yeah. It's
2: and I, I haven't noticed that till now, like we we have a lot of horses, and it doesn't seem like we have near as many colics since we've been on total feeds. That that's something that I've just realized just now talking about it and thinking about it. That's kinda that's kind of crazy just to think about that the feed can do that much of a difference.
3: Yeah. Well well it, and here's part of the part of it. In my program, I use a seaweed called Ascophyllum nudosum. It's it's just a, a dried kelp meal. You'll see that on the tag, dried right? kelp meal, and it it literally controls a, certain kinds of bacteria. Oh, yeah. It kills E. coli. It kills some of the salmonella and those those things that actually cause the uh, colics. It, so it, it's it's a understandable once I figured that out. It's the same right. effect of why it increases fiber digestion is why it prevents colic.
2: That's crazy. So when we let's go back to making your different brands. So we've talked about your total, both your total horses, and we've talked about total bull. You have another. You have a couple more, don't you? I have total
3: goat. Total goat. And, oh yeah. Was, total when goat. did you get? Make- yeah, and that that's not a big mover but uh again it's the same technology and the people who use it uh tell me how they uh have their goats are more muscular uh less yeah. fat covered uh they they have better carcasses when and when they hang them up uh the does milk extremely well that's one thing we uh another thing we didn't really think about is that uh, milk production it doesn't matter whether you're in bovine mare or, or goat they milk extremely heavy they produce yeah. milk much much better and that that goes back to the uh, one of the the effects I believe of the seaweed the seaweed causes a vasodilation it, it 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 makes the blood vessels a little bit bigger and if you have more blood flow through all the systems in the body, especially the udder, the the more blood you can pump through the udder of a cow or a horse or whatever, the better they're going to produce milk. It's just a yeah. that's a physiological given. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 we're proud of that. <laughs> now and also, I, I go ahead. I
2: thought I've heard something about total people. Is that is that right, or is that something you do? Why did you do that? What is it for? How does it help? Tell us about that and how that came about. Total people, there it is.
3: Again, again, it uh I I had uh, some people uh tell me, I think it was uh Marl Racers that said, you know, you've helped my horse settle down and calm down so much. Can you help me? I said, Well, of course. So I took I took the uh uh, working parts of total equine, and the other yeah. products, it's the same thing, and I condensed it down into the capsules, and now yeah. it, that's that's for people, and it's doing the same thing for people as I'm talking about for uh, horses. <laughs> it it, uh, it it helps people calm down. Wow! If you're overexcitable, it'll help you calm down.
2: Were you and, a little nervous making? total people like going from the animals now going into people. Was that something a little nerve wracking for you or is that something like you were? okay?
3: I had a few anxious moments to, Mm -hmm. to know how people were going to react to this. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, but it's been a highly successful thing. I've got, I've got a string of stories about uh, people healing up and, uh, medical problems going away, uh, just because of good nutrition and, uh, um, so yeah, yeah, we're pretty we're pretty proud of that. We sell that online, and we do well with that. Um,
2: it sounds it sounds like a lot of your total brands. I mean, except for Total Equine, has kind of come by an accident. It wasn't a plan. It wasn't in the original. But is there something you're like? This is what I want to start now. Is there anything that you're thinking of for the future? Another total brand? Is there anything else you're thinking oh. of? Or are you kind of
3: content where you're at? I'm still working on some projects. <laughs> You know, okay, I've got yeah. I, I got a lot of things to do yet in life, but um, yeah, we, we hopefully we'll be coming with a, a good horse treat. We we want to do that, and that then I have, awesome. I have another product I helped develop in some Canadians. It's called Equine Fifteen. That uh, that is is a really unique product too. It has helped. Is is
2: that an ointment? What? Is that an ointment? The Equine 15?
3: No, Equine 15 is a is a brand name of what we've got. And oh. let's see, get it right. Here. This yeah. this is a unique brand, a unique product. Okay. It's a sulfur compound that is antiox- antiviral. and a viral, kills viruses, and it and it causes and it's an anti-inflammatory for all those. Sore joints and stuff you are in horses—that's inflammation. Right. Those weight. <laughs> Older horses are doing well on and, and right. helping with viral situations. We've got stories that uh, you know make your head swim about successes with that little deal too. Wow. But, uh, then, then the the one other product I have is Total Canine. I've seen that. That that is working really well but uh, we just can't get any traction. There are only about 200 brands of dog food out there to compete with. It's, it's not an easy market to get to. Oh, I bet. So, so we'll take what we, so we get and don't worry about the rest. But now here's a, 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 a thing that we're very, very proud of. And that is the impact on fertility that we, with all of our programs, it doesn't matter what species right we have um brought back um and you know uh, stud horses that were sterile mm-hmm. at an, an advanced age and we've cr- we brought them back to full fertility mm-hmm. uh, uh, and we have 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 uh, stories of and i have pictures of mares well into their 20s that had cycled and had babies for several years put them on total equine and all of a sudden have a baby within 12 months. Wow. And uh, the same thing in cows, uh, the same thing in, in goats uh, and dogs, especially Uh, the, the litter size in, in pup and dogs, uh, the average that they tell me that they increase when they go on total canine is somewhere between one and a half and two and a half pups per litter. And these dog breeders, that, they get, they're ecstatic with that. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money for a dog breeder. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: So people who own horses, when they're feeding their horses, it seems like a big concern is supplement. Supplement. We need hoof supplement. We need muscle supplement. I noticed with total feeds, you don't need as many supplements, you know, because it already helps with hooves. Helps with less colic. Is that something you've noticed as well? Less? Do you feed supplements when you feed total feeds at all?
3: No. They're, they're not needed. And not- and uh, I I I I yell from the rooftops about this all the time. I spent when I made this formula in the year two thousand, I decided I'm going to make a product that you don't have to add anything to. It's all right. in there. And, mm-hmm. and I can go through with people that have all these little top dresses they're putting on and they'll say, Uh, well, do I need, you know, biotin? No, it's in there. Uh, do I need amino acid? No, they're in there. Do I need this? And I, after about three or four things, I say, now are you getting the picture? Uh-huh. <laughs> I've done it. We need nothing. This, this is total? <laughs> yeah. But So yeah. so yes, uh, uh, I I have a, a real problem with that because if they're feeding to Likwa one, they're just spending way too much money if they start putting these top dresses on it. And right. I, I'm not going to stop some people. And the, other, the one that's the most common is the um, ulcer program. You know, there's millions of dollars made on selling ulcer medicine to horses.
4: On mm-hmm.
3: Total Equine, rarely do I get a report of any ulcers. Right. Do have them? Yes. But uh, do you have any in your horses?
4: mm
2: no
3: nope. oh,
4: see very rare. and we have
2: <laughs> oh yeah we have like uh, i think 30 them 90 percent of them are on total feeds and like we're talking about we've gotten rescue horses that are super skinny and it does not take but a couple weeks to get them right back where they need to be and it, it's not like we're loading them down with feet either it's like you don't need that much it's just the switch that they need to get them up they don't need a lot of supplements they don't need you know what I mean they don't need a super bunch of hay they don't need all this stuff it's really the feed brand that they were needing and like to see them transform we have our thoroughbred that's done it we've had draft horses on it ponies like anything and like you can just see the difference in it
3: yeah well and I I like the thing about you know you mentioned rescue kind of horses that Mm -hmm. are really down and out uh, right. The, the thing is, the digestibility. Mm-hmm. See, the digestibility of total equine in the small intestine is over ninety percent, whereas wow. in, in any pelleted, and I'm not going to pick on any brand, but in a pelleted feed in general, the digestibility is probably around seventy percent. That's a huge difference. Yeah, for and sure. It, and it also has to do with the uh, trace minerals that we use. Uh, mm-hmm. I use nothing like chelated trace minerals. They are the most bioavailable. They're over almost 100% digested by the horse and absorbed. Right. A lot of minerals are not absorbed very effectively in, in, in horses or cattle and right. kind of go on through if they're not digested in the right place. So, right. So, so we're pretty proud of that too that that they're they're that efficient you just take all these little things and put it together and that's why you see the effects you see
2: right where did you where did you get the name total feeds and where did you get your brand like that's always kind of fascinated me
3: uh, oh by accident like everything
2: else. oh by accident <laughs> yeah.
3: when i started out with a name uh well, I started out with total equine uh, in in 2000, and I had that for a while. And then some some guys wanted to partner up with me, and and they wanted to call it Cool and Calm, so we called it that for a couple of years. And that that went south on them. And so they they did some things. I had to uh, part company with them. And uh, so uh, when in the year 2000, we actually changed and started the name Total Feeds. It used to be under another name, Bioremedies, was an old company I had. And so at that time we sat down and we we're talking about, well, what is this? You know? And it, well, I said, you know, it's, it's really a total package, a total nutrient package. Ha. Huh. total equine, total feeds, total bull means it's a, Total nutritional package or the micronutrients for uh, that species, right. and, so, and and in fact, I have more and more people all the time starting to feed total equine and no hay or grass. Wow. Did you know they can do that? they not okay. Well, this this uh, came about by accident. <laughs> I keep saying that comes from. It just kind of falls well, into you. In the early days of the extrusion process, when we started extruding it, like you see today, uh, there was a whole, there was an old mare over in East Texas a dealer had, and she was losing all her teeth. She just really could gum grass and and just spit it out. You know, you've seen the kind. And so uh, he said, "Can I just feed totally coin? I said, "Well, yeah. It's uh, sure she, not going to colic or anything." Well, she stayed alive for several years. Mm-hmm. She, she was in, in a stall or in a small corral for several years and ate nothing but total equine. And I thought, ah, this could help people. Right. So I started mentioning it and other people right. over time started using it for various reasons. And now there are people that feed it that way. They feed that way. Even if they have hay available, they, mm-hmm. they don't feed it because of the cost.
4: Mm-hmm. If
3: you... If you, feed, if you feed four pounds today to a horse, you're going to feed eight or nine pounds of total equine and nothing else. Right. That's, does that sound reasonable? No, it doesn't. <laughs> no. I still don't know exactly how that's working, but I love the fact that we're helping all these horses uh, that can't eat properly or, or people that travel. I have people that travel today that when they leave home, they don't carry any hay or anything with them. They just carry total equine. They just bump it up to that yeah. level, go on down the road.
2: Mm-hmm. So for a kid that is wanting to grow up and maybe start their own feed business or something like that, what's some advice you'd want to give to them, you know, from your career that you've learned, advice you'd want to give, maybe routes that they want to avoid that you've um, maybe went down? Just some Info for them.
3: Well, I'm not sure I can can give you some real good advice because so many of my things came at me. Uh, Well, I guess here's the one thing I guess I, I think I can tell them. Watch for what's going on around you and what could be improved and don't ever step over an opportunity because it looks silly. Right. The silliest thing in the world have been successes. You know mm-hmm. that most, you know, ninety-five percent of the people walked by, but a few people stopped and, and looked at it and figured out how to use it and make a change that made it better than what it was. Well wow.
1: one of one, my favorite quotes on what you're saying is it's like it's got to do something with think of how rich the guy is who invented the pool noodle.
4: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that
1: seems like a s- silly concept that we buy for a dollar to five dollars a piece. But I mean, heck, everybody in the world knows what a pool noodle is.
3: Uh, yeah, I know, and, and that that uh, maybe brings to mind. We lived in Garden City, Kansas, for twenty six years, and about a few blocks away from us was a guy that invented the hula hoop. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. I don't know. You guys aren't old enough to know what a hula hoop is, I bet. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, I know what a hula hoop is. Okay. It, it's, a, it's a piece of plastic they put in a circle. uh uh-huh. and, and, and he, he They started that company with, after, at the end of World War II, they had warehouses full of this plastic tubing for whatever, mm-hmm. I don't know what they were doing with it, but they didn't have a, a use for it. Well, he said, oh, here's an idea. And it made him millions. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that, yeah. So, um, when I was asking some people, what are some questions I should ask him? Like, a lot of the people, a lot of our friends, we sell Total Feeds to them, and they use Total Feeds. Um, they're, they asked, why are the feed bags not 50 pounds? You know, typically when you think of a feed bag, it's um, 50 pounds, but Total feed equine that we sell is forty pounds.
3: So why is that? Because, well, you know the bulky nature of it. If you mm. if you uh, take a, a scoop, a three quart scoop of pellets, they weigh three pounds. Take okay. a three quart scoop of total equine. What does it weigh? Two pounds. It takes more space to to have the same weight. So trying to put fifty pounds in in that bag doesn't fit. Okay. And the other thing is the forty pound bag they stack much better on a pallet. Oh yeah. Now I think some people say, "Well, you're cheating me." Well, I don't know how I can cheat you. If you Read wanna. the bag. Yeah. If you want. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just pay attention, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah. If you will look at the cost, if I were to make 50 pounds in a bag, mm-hmm. the cost per pound to feed would basically be the same. Yeah. So, so
2: it's just one of those things that is what it is. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So going on to um animal health, what is a common misconception you hear on, I mean, any really animal health, but specific to Horses. What is a common misconception you hear, um, with horse health, even if it's through feed or anything? What's a common misconception you hear?
3: Oh, golly! The common misconception. There are several, but um, probably uh, when when they start uh, talking about the uh, how to control colic
0: or mm-hmm. control
3: digestive problems. I think the industry is is not very savvy on that. They want to throw a bunch of chemicals and stuff in there, uh, mm-hmm. and and that that's just not necessary. But they yeah they have almost got caught up in the chemical society.
4: Mm-hmm. That
3: I avoid. See, I, I I avoid all use of chemicals, mm-hmm. and I have for years. Even at the end of my feedlot consulting career. I was I was trying to get all the chemicals out of out of uh, the feedlot business, and I uh, I almost got to run out of the industry because of that. I was trying to do that. You, you know, <clears throat> there's a lot of money made on those additives and so on. <laughs> mm-hmm. They don't like they quit using them. Yeah, <laughs>
2: I had a um, paint horse and she anywhere you go knew it was like a fire-breathing dragon and she just snorted and snorted and like you tried to ride her new it was just like she was just i don't know it was like it freaked her out a little bit and when we had switched to total feeds i noticed that she's went a lot calmer and this just might be something that it's just me is that something else you hear from other people that it actually makes the animal calmer when they feed total feeds and is there any science behind that or reason behind it
3: yes yes uh, I hear that a lot and in fact we've saved a lot of horses but we're going to be go out of the business because they just did, didn't want to handle them they were just
4: uh,
3: nutty and uh, special barrel horses that are trained to be half nuts I, I didn't say that but <laughs> but easy now
1: easy now
3: <laughs> I bet I'm talking to a barrel racer
1: <laughs> just part time
3: yeah, no, uh, really. Some of these, uh, we train uh, the way we train them. We we get them hyper. Like uh, I got some uh, thoroughbreds down here that I work with. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy! Uh, you got to be careful around them. But we've calmed them down too. We've we've saved uh, uh, some racehorses that they just couldn't get in the gate, and wow. and they didn't want to handle them any longer. But we've we've got them down. Uh, not by design, really, but. In the Mm -hmm. Ascophyllum nodosum, the seaweed, there is a compound in there uh, called uh, fucose. It's a sugar. Mm -hmm. Fucose Mm -hmm. sugar is part of the seaweed that makes up what they call fucoidin, which is a long chain of these fucose sugars. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's part of the plant and it's part of nature, but it's not something anybody talked about until I've Ran across it in the literature, but fucose sugar is is a sugar that is found in the synaptic area of the nervous system. You know where the nervous nerve uh, pieces don't touch each other;
4: mm-hmm. they have
3: a fluid area that that has to jump from here to here and on down the road. Mm-hmm. And and the fucose sugar is always found in that synaptic area, mm-hmm. so it's part of that transmission process that uh, has potassium and calcium and sodium and acetylcholine and all those things that carry it, and fucose is one other. If you have a increased supply of that, the transmission of nerves is smoother, if you will. Mm-hmm. They don't overreact like it is. Now, the other thing is, uh, there are two, two parts of this, the other thing is, I, I mentioned that I use chelated tracements. They're inexpensive, but they're, they have some special properties. They're digested at a much higher rate, and they go to the mm-hmm. cell without getting changed until they apply, are to a place where they need to be uh, active. Magnesium is the, the nature's natural sedative, if you will. Okay. Uh, magnesium, I can I can give you enough magnesium in the chelated form to make you just almost go to sleep.
4: Yeah.
3: And, uh, but in in the animal world, in the real world, if you have that in your program, and the chelated form, it it goes to the sites of uh, the nervous system, and it helps control. Those jerky movements, because it's one of the real important ones in uh, in the nervous tra- nerve transmission. That in calcium. If you if you have uh, too much calcium or potassium, well, it well, won't like potassium. Potassium is a good uh, example of this. If well, if you if you've been around the cattle business at all, and you have cattle calves running on nice lush young grass or wheat pasture, and you get grass tetany is where their muscles lock up and they they just fall down and and they'll die there if you don't do something about it that's because potassium is allowing accelerating the nerve transmission so fast that it locks up your muscles there's not enough magnesium to to uh slow it down and let the muscle retract Mm
4: -hmm. in horses
3: in horses if we give them some certain amount of magnesium why it helps that muscle contract relax contract relax better and they they don't tie up near as easy okay
2: that makes sense oh yeah well a little confusing
4: (laughs) so
1: so if you do have a horse that's prone to tying up can you give them magnesium to help them come out of it
3: yes well uh, if you have one, what what kind of hay are they on or what kind of grass?
1: Well, I don't actually have one right now. I mean, in the past we have, Um, you know, we live okay. in Iowa and we usually feed alfalfa. We haven't had that issue for a long time, but I know that there are people who do. So I'm just wondering if that's something, if you have a horse that you notice like, oh, wow, my horses started tying up. Can you add magnesium to their diet? Or yes. if they're in the, if they're in the middle of a tie up, can you give them magnesium?
3: Well, you you would almost have to mainline it. Calmag, that's what they use for grass tetany. It's it. You go to the vet and you get Calmag. It has got calcium and magnesium in it, and you you jug it. And, okay. and you, you, you. I've seen uh, uh, cattle with uh, uh, grass tetany. They jug them with that, and they can be laying there stiff. And with five minutes, they're up one and off. That's how fast it works
1: Wow so I wonder if my husband knows about that. We have a feedlot and and also have a cow uh, calf operation and stuff so I wonder if he's I'm sure he's aware of it. I just haven't ran into it with him yet
3: well it's the, it's not uh, real common it it's certain yeah. seasons and and certain conditions have to be there It's usually in that little short grass. When at first, nothing but leaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's when the high, The potassium is so crazy high and the calcium is way, way low. Magnesium is low. And that's when it happens. Okay. But I have, I have that... a mineral for that.
1: Oh, cool. Is that kind of like in the same time frame that you find ponies foundering?
3: Well, founder is, is a different thing. Founder is, yeah, well, it's the same time frame, yes. Uh, okay. Uh, founder is when you put non-structural carbohydrate, soluble carbohydrate uh, from grass or feed, Uh, man-made founder is when we feed them too much starchy pellets uh, too fast, Mm -hmm. of colic and founder. And on that lush grass, that's loaded in sugar also. Uh, Mm -hmm. And what happens is, when it ferments those in the in the hind gut, it creates not, not just gas, but lactic acid. And when lactic acid is reaches a quick high level, it actually changes the blood and the histamine in the blood causes a vasal constriction. And founder is caused by a, a constricting of the blood vessels in the leg above the hoof.
4: That's
3: why okay. That's why totally equine helps prevent that, or my mineral help prevent that, because it keeps those vessels open. And if you don't interrupt that blood flow, you're 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 not going to have founder. Right. That's simple, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. can say it it's simple.
1: <laughs> uh huh. Interesting.
2: All right, I'm running out of time, so I'm going to try to finish up, but. Um, obviously when we start something, whether it be um as simple as a diet or starting our own feed company, we believe in ourselves to a certain extent. But did you ever think that total feed would come this far this fast?
3: No. No. No <laughs> not not you. with four people in the company. Yeah. <laughs> There's only four paychecks in my company. We're that no. that is our whole company and we're, wow. in, we're in almost every state in the union and uh, uh, we have 1300 dealers right now that we that we deal with so it it's been a fun ride and and like I, like I said earlier young people need to watch for the little opportunities mm-hmm. and jump on them and take a chance risk mm-hmm. you know, nothing happens without risk when I started this company, my wife and I were, were uh, actually almost living on our Social Security check because we had just started getting Social Security and things were not looking good. And I spent mm-hmm. everything I had in savings and everything else to start this company.
2: <laughs> wow. You took a risky move. yeah
3: Isaiah knows
1: this but um Dr. Anderson uh, I have a company it's called the Performance Pony Company and so I sell all pony tack and it's kind of the same deal where okay I you know ponies like who would have ever thought that you could make a living selling stuff Mm -hmm. for ponies you know just bits and tack Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and so it's kind of what you're saying where you just have to be willing to make that jump sometimes because yeah what it's it's where you see that need if If you think, man, why isn't somebody doing this? Or, man, we need this. And like you said, if it's the silliest thing, it can be what makes the biggest difference.
3: Yeah. If there's a hole, fill it.
1: Yes, exactly. That might be a good title, Isaiah. If there's a hole, fill it.
2: That'll be the title.
4: (laughs) You're
3: going to be a success, young man. Oh, yeah. And I I I am proud to know you.
2: Thank you. Me too. If I was um looking to buy total feeds, if I was someone looking to buy total feeds, don't you have some kind of something to find a local dealer in your area?
3: Yes, go on totalfeeds dot com and and then just go to dealer locator, and it will uh, pl- plug in your zip code or a town, and it'll bring up everything within a hundred miles. Oh, Very that's simple. awesome!
2: That's awesome. Something, mm-hmm. some, something that I loved about Total Feeds, I didn't realize till Vegas when I met you, is um, usually like if you're going to call a big company, whether any kind of big company, you're like waiting on hold or you're, hold on one second, let me transfer your call and all this stuff. You're like, call the number on the back of the bag. It's my cell phone. Text me. It's my cell phone number. It's right here. <laughs> And like that was awesome. I'm sure that's I'm sure that's helped and I'm it might it might be aggravating at some point, so I'm sure it's helped out a lot, you know, with customers helped you out a lot. Have you seen a I, sh- that? I shocked a
3: lot of people.
2: <laughs> yeah. That shocked me for sure. Well,
3: all I've right. enjoyed
2: this immensely, guys. <laughs> that's all the questions I have. Do you have any other questions, Cameron? No, I
1: just wanna back up what Isaiah said, you know, like I'm the same way with my businesses. Everything's got my cell phone. I mean, <clears throat> you called me last night, you know, on my cell phone. And I think that's um that's the beauty of small businesses and supporting small businesses is that you get that customer service and you get that interaction, get to build that relationship with people. And um, you know, I think as as young people, as parents, um, as they listen to this podcast, you know, uh, Dr. Anderson, you've got lots of experience and wisdom and um you know, myself, I'm in the process of getting to the level that you're at. And Isaiah, you know, you're up and coming. But I think as you teach kids and as kids continue to learn and we have the opportunity, just remembering that it's those relationships, it's talking to people, it's being available, how important that is and the eye contact and, you know, being present um, can get you right. so far. And it just helps build relationships, which helps build business, which helps build
3: success. You've got it. Right there. You just heard it from a professional. <laughs> <laughs> you
4: started it.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, right. thank you
1: very much for being on the podcast. And um, yeah. I know I didn't get to be in all of it, but I am familiar with your feeds. And um, I know that just my experience of what I've heard of you and what I've seen of you, you know, it just like Isaiah said, it's awesome. And, and just your presence, you do such a good job representing your feed in the industry that, You deserve all the success that you've had, for sure.
3: Okay. Well, thanks a lot and have a great day. Thank you. You You too. too. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. As always, we appreciate you. If you found value in this podcast, please share it with your friends. Anybody you know who might be struggling with their feed or nutrition and their horses and their animals, tell them about Total Feeds, tell them about this podcast, and um, feel free to reach out to Dr. Harry Anderson. One of my favorite things about companies like his and um, what he's doing is that he's not trying to keep any secrets. You know, there are people in this world who are trying to make a buck, and so they create products and things that um, they won't tell you everything about it because they know that there are some, some holes in it that don't make it quite as good to make it more affordable and make it more profitable for them. But Dr. Harry Anderson is not trying to do that. He is here to share with you his passion, his purpose, everything that there is about his feeds. So reach out to him if you have any questions about your animal uh, nutrition feeds. And don't forget rodeokids.com. We are here to support the youth apply now if you haven't yet for the rodeo kids ambassador team and that's something that you feel like would fit into your family dynamic and also if this is something that you've listened to and you would love to support uh help us keep going we do give away our monthly scholarships we would love to um, have that support and if you aren't sure how to support maybe financially isn't an option for you right now but you'd still like to get involved please reach out to us we would love to have you as part of our team just head on over to rodeokids.com backslash support to learn more or give me a call camry at 641-799-5042 or info at rodeokids.com but not least whatever you're doing wherever you're headed good luck safe travels and god bless while chasing your gold buckle dreams